0: Uh, but let's get right straightway into the word. Go with me to the book of John, chapter eight, verse thirty-six. <clears throat> John chapter eight, verse thirty-six. And as you turn there, I want to to kind of get over into a few things. Um, you know, I'm put. Let me let me hold on while I put my message out. It's on post. It's everywhere. Um, those of you who know me know that this is just like going to go against completely the way I do things, but hey, he's smarter than I am, right? You didn't have to be so happy about that. John chapter 8, verse 36. Hey, I learned a long time ago, uh, the Holy Spirit will make you look smart. So you just do what he says. Uh, John chapter 8, verse 36. Let's read that real quick. If the Son, therefore, shall make you free, say free. Free. You shall be what? Free. 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 Indeed, That is a very simple but powerful scripture, and we all quote that. But do we really know what freedom is? Um, We're going to talk about that today, and and I'm not going to... I'm really... My plan is not to keep you long because uh, my message that I'd planned on preaching to you had nothing to do with freedom. Today we're talking about freedom. So let's just go with him. He's smarter. Do you understand that in the New Testament covenant... That when the word salvation or being saved or accepting Jesus, all the things that we do are are things that we came up with. But ultimately what it comes down to is this word of being born again. Or or when he's talking to to Nicodemus, he says, you know, a man must be born again. How can I be born again? I've already been born once. Am I supposed to, to go back and be born again? And my mother's dead and all these different things. And what he's saying there is there's some Greek language there that deals with this text, and my wife uses it every time I hear her speak. And it says the word sotoria, which is what we use for the word saved. And it means nothing missing, nothing broken. And if you can get to a place where in you, now we ain't talking about your stuff, because everybody wants to apply that to their stuff. It is nothing missing and nothing broken inside of you. If you can get to the place that inside of you nothing's broken and there's not puzzle pieces you're trying to fit back in there through different avenues and ways and means of, of this relationship or that amount of money or this car or that person or whatever you can get, if you understand what freedom really is, this is what freedom is. Freedom means nothing in you is broken and you're not looking for something from somebody else. When you're really free, you're okay with just you and Jesus. And I'm convinced that the majority of the church today is not free. I'm convinced. Y'all, I'm just pulling the curtain back today because I don't have a bunch of notes. I just got post-its. I go to places to preach all the time. I go here, there, and everywhere. There are certain ch- churches I go to a lot, certain churches I've been to just a couple times. And inevitably... Every time I go, the next time, the same people are coming up for the same things. They don't understand what freedom really is. What what we've done, especially in the Pentecostal and and, and the Florida faith world, is we've painted this picture that if you just come up here and let me lay hands on you, everything's going to be all right. And that's not how this thing works. I am convinced that freedom happens at 3 a.m. when it's just you and the Lord. It don't happen in this altar. We're here to help you. Thank God for the anointing and the heaven and earth kiss and all the empowerment. I thank God for all that. And those are very powerful and wonderful things. But your freedom is personal. It's very personal to you. Now, when we read this text, if the Son, therefore, shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. If you're not free indeed, where are you with the Son? Now, this is not just talking about your salvation. It's talking about your freedom. You can, listen, you can be headed for heaven and not be free. This is ultimately, this is ultimately talking about your sonship. This is ultimately talking about the acceptance of being Christ-like. Because if you are like him, you're free like him. Do you, you know Jesus was wealthy? But wealth didn't own him? Jesus loved people, but people didn't own him. Jesus was not sick. The fear of sickness did not own him. Jesus went to the cross and carried all of that at the end. All of that did not own him. You know what owned him? You. You. He bought you with a price. You owned him. Now he owns you. You owned his heart. Now he just wants to own yours. See, because what we don't understand is what real freedom is. Real freedom means that if nothing is missing, missing and nothing is broken, then you realize nobody owes you nothing. Amen. Oh, Lord Jesus. Let's move on. But you don't know what they did to me. Second Corinthians chapter uh, 3. Now I'm giving you very familiar scriptures because I want you to understand what we've done to the text over the years is they've become very normal. We'll read something. Oh, I've, oh he whom sunset frees free indeed. Well, but what does it mean? We we blow right past scriptures we've heard before. So I want to. I'm using some scriptures I want you to understand in context. Second uh, Corinthians verse three, uh, verse second uh, Corinthians, Corinthians verse three. I'm sorry. Second Corinthians chapter three, verse seventeen. I'm getting ahead of myself. 401. I'm sorry, man. Verse 17, now the, spirit of, uh, now, the, now the Lord is that spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, or we say freedom. Now, that is a, that's a King James translation. Really, if you want to get back into, again, to the Greek, it says this, where the spirit is made Lord. There is freedom. Now, I know a lot of people that are baptized in the Holy Ghost, pray in tongues and all that good stuff, and I believe in that. But they're so full of fear. Everything's going to get them. There's a demon under every rock. We'll cast the devil out. You know, kids acting up, must be a demon in them. No, maybe you need spank them. You know, I mean, whatever it is. Maybe it's not the devil all the time. Maybe it's the fact that you may be tapping into something, but you're not full of something. Sometimes we tend to think we know everything just because we've been baptized with something. And I'm telling you, after all of these 20-some-odd years of ministry, I'm, I'm realizing how little I know. And that if I would just listen to him, people can get free if he's talking. And what we've got to understand is this. We have been trained. Now, listen to what I'm about to say to you. I'm a big fan. Let me, let me finish reading some scriptures to you. Then I got something I really need to say to you. Verse eighteen says this: "But we all, with an open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, uh, of the Lord, are changed into the same image, from glory to glory. We we preach that from glory to glory to glory, even as the, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. Now, you got to understand, when this was written, there was no book." This was just laying it out what the Holy Spirit was saying. So chapter 4 is not in the conversation. So the next chapter, verse 1, is a continuation of what happened in verse 3. Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, say ministry, (laughs) all of you are ministers, as we received mercy, say received, we received mercy, we faint not. Verse 2, but have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by the manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's, uh, every man's conscience in the sight of God. Now, that's really, really important. Therefore, this ministry as we have received, verse 1, received mercy, we faint not, semicolon, semicolon, what does it mean that we've received mercy and faint not semicolon? Well, it's begin to list some things that you don't need to deal with anymore. Next verse, verse 2, you don't have to deal with the hidden things of dishonesty. You don't have to deal with walking in craftiness. You don't have to deal, somebody can't fool you with the Bible. And let me tell you something, there's churches all over the world doing it right now. We use it for money. Now, I'm from the Word of Faith, and we believe in prosperity, but it's used properly. Healing's used improperly. All the things that we preach, there's a way to use it all improperly. But if you understand freedom... You can get to the place where as the Lord begins to deal with you, you begin to see things in the word. And as long as it's rightly divided, as long as it's truth, it's revelation to you. Somebody may disagree with you, but it's not your job to change their mind. You just rest in the Lord. I'm a big fan. My my wife doesn't like this about me, and I'll just tell y'all she doesn't like this about me. But I'm a huge fan of Dateline, 2020, 48 hours, documentaries on jail and prison and law. I I wanted to go to law school and my many other things that I did in life. But do you realize this? Now, some of y'all may not know this, and some of you may know this, and some of y'all may need to know this. (laughs) In the majority of every state in the continent now, in the United States, almost every state, in, the, in their bureau, whether it's the Alabama Bureau of Investigations or whatever state you're in, do you know that over the last 10 years, almost every state has developed a false confessions unit? Because people are saying things and confessing to crimes they didn't do. And let me tell you something about the legal system. Once the wheels start turning, they're turning. Once you're in jail, it's hard to get you out no matter how innocent you are. Now, you say, there's no way I'd ever confess to something I didn't do. Well, have you ever been locked in an interrogation room for 17 hours after you've worked a 12-hour day? See, what's happening is people, and police officers are human, and I've got friends that are police officers, so I'm not knocking any of this, but what I'm saying is I understand what it's like to be in a situation to where somebody just browbeats you until you say whatever they want you to say. Thinking you're gonna go home, and the next 65 years of your life, you're in federal prison. We have a unit designated to that in Alabama now. Do you know the one thing, and this boy, this is so amazing? You know the one thing that can set somebody free? DNA. Where does DNA come from? It's your blood. The bloodline that is in you takes care of the false confession. If, now listen, however old you are, and some of y'all are going to keep lying, it's okay. <laughs> I'm only 27, been in ministry five years, look. <laughs> the more you've lived life, even in church, the more you've heard the enemy accuse you, and the more you've accepted that's true about you. The minute that you gave your life to Jesus, you became a new creation, clean and clear. But the enemy says, oh, but you were. So you keep believing and and, and therefore you keep confessing to something you didn't do anymore. And you're held in a prison that you can't get free from. You, 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 the system, an improper system, but the system is moving to hold you in some kind of prison, in some kind of way. You have no freedom. You're saved and you're going to heaven and we'll have a few good meetings and you'll shout and we'll have a good time. But are you free? See, because being free means one simple thing. Nothing missing. Nothing broken. You can be in that jail and be free. The Apostle Paul was. The Apostle Paul was in prison. At the, listen, they just didn't put him in jail. They put him at the bottom of the jail in the sewer where everybody else in jail, their sewage went down around his feet. Chained him up 30 days at a time. One day a month, they would take it down. You know what he would do? He would write letters that say, I'm betwixt and between, but I think I'll stay. Think about that. How can you be that free that you want to write to the churches that are under you to say, Jesus loves me, this I know. That's free. Some of y'all be like, y'all ain't going to believe what they do to me, send Twinkies. (laughs) Just just something, just something. So look, having renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, you have nothing to be dishonest about. Because listen, the minute you give your life to Jesus, God doesn't see it anymore. Y'all are living in things That God's called you to freedom, but you keep allowing yourself to be. You're in the interrogation room. The Bible is very clear that the enemy is the accuser of the brethren. So why would you let him look? You got to get to the place that you get some stones about you and say, Hey, that ain't me no more. That ain't who I am. That is not what I did. Well, but you were there. So that person's dead. Y'all, y'all don't understand crucified with Christ. He died for you, and he died as you. So the minute you accepted Christ, you were new. Well, preacher, you don't know what I did. I don't care. It's not my business what you did. If you're broken, we'll try to help you fix that. But the truth is, is God sees you the way he created you. His ultimate goal is to get you back for his original intent. He, he, He was not surprised When your mama laid down with your daddy and you showed up nine months later. God never said, one got biased, boys. (laughs) Not one time did he ever do that. Hey, look, God got a sense of humor to you. I ain't going to lie. Some of y'all, he's like, this gig going to be funny right here. But he created you for something. And you're letting the accuser, you're letting an interrogator... All right, look, I don't know. Y'all all all holy people. I've been to jail a few times. And and if all my lawyer friends were here, they would tell you. The first thing they tell you is it don't matter if you're guilty or innocent. What do you do? Shut up. Call a lawyer. But these people, the, the reason this unit was developed is because people would just talk, talk. They thought they were helping. They had no idea they were being coerced. Y'all got to stop. Anytime you hear something that's not what God says about you, you're being coerced back into a life that you weren't designed to live. You were called to something greater than worrying every day and going to church on Sunday. You were called to more than this. You were were called more than hanging out on Facebook. You were called more than than, than just be at the coffee shop. You were called to more than just complain about your life and and call your girls about your husband and call your boys about your girlfriend. You were were more than that. You are a minister of the gospel, but you got to know what the gospel is. And the gospel isn't all these things we think it is. The gospel is nothing missing, nothing broken. It's what Jesus died for. He died to put you in a place of freedom. Now, freedom is this. Nobody owes you anything. And you don't owe anybody else anything. Do you realize that your greatest failure in life, your greatest pain, your greatest hurt, everything in your life that has caused you to be wherever you are was faith in someone or something else? If I get my feelings hurt, which is, you only got one left, because she doesn't do something that I think she my faith is in her action. Okay? So I might expect something from her, but my faith shouldn't. Oh, y'all gotta understand. If my faith is there, that means I have an absolute trust it's gonna happen. Now, I love this woman, and I know I have nothing to worry about. She loves me, kinda. <laughs> no, play I know because of our life together and what we decided, we made a choice. This is how our life was going to be. So I can therefore have faith that we're doing this thing together. Should she take a left turn or me take a right turn, that's on us. But the truth is, even though I love her with all my heart and as much as a man can love a woman, she's not Jesus. Let's see how y'all got real quiet then. That relationship has nothing to do with that relationship. That relationship fixed that relationship. We got it all backwards. We're trying to get off. I tell you what, preacher, I can't come to church. the building a fall in moment. You ain't that powerful. I hear that all the time. I, I t- go to land, or I'm talking to, to people at, at jails or, or I'm always being called for different things because of the type of ministry I have. Preacher, I just, you know, the door will fall in. You ain't that anointed, homie. God's more powerful than anything. And if he sent us down here to help you, you ain't got what it takes for the building to fall in on you. Because there was bloodshed for all of that. Amen. When I take somebody to Romans 8 and 1, one put that up there for me. Romans 8 and 1, this scripture messes with everybody. Messes with everybody. Therefore, there is now, say now, no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. You know what the Greek says? There is therefore now no condemnation. All the rest of it we added. Oh, it's King James, but King James got some flaws. Don't get mad at me. But there's some flaws. You have to do some research because the the people who translated it wanted to make it so wordy that you understood. And sometimes it can be too much. That when somebody is broken and they can't get... Now, you take Christians... And you say, you take people who believe in Jesus, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which walk in Christ Jesus. But you take somebody who don't know nothing about nothing. And they're broken. And you have to take them somewhere and say, this is what God says about you. I don't condemn you. Well, preacher, you yeah, God, you know, he's out to, he just ain't going to put up with that. He sent Jesus. He sent Jesus. There's a barrier now. The barrier is called the blood. And if you're covered in the blood, God looks at this planet and all he sees is the blood. Now, he sees blood that's active or blood that's not. And he pushes to get things going in the right direction. But God is not judging you because judgment died on the cross. We have got, oh, Lord, I'm going way past where I think I should. But y'all big enough to handle it. We say, well, if I could just get to the cross, if I could just get to the feet of Jesus. He ain't there, y'all. The cross is the starting point, not the finishing point. You're supposed to be spiritual enough to not only get up and walk past that cross, but to care. See, well, just take up your cross and follow Him. Just take up the burden. That is not what that means. That means take up the anointing he's placed for you, the sliver of ministry you have. You pick up that burden, the burden of telling whoever, leading whoever, being whoever you're called to be and being it under him and doing it his way. That's a, let me tell you something. You ain't never been burdened until you've been burdened by the Lord to love people. That's heavy because you start seeing people the way Jesus sees them. And your flesh tells you, yeah, but they're an idiot. Now, none of you great people but we think that way. Our flesh goes, I can't believe they did this. I can't believe they said that. But man, when you see things the way Jesus does, Amen. all you see is a reaction because of brokenness. Amen. And see, we like to have church and we like to have a good time. And I love, I love to get to go other places and preach where people don't know me and I can really get over into the gifts and all those things. But y'all, honestly, that, that's really, it's really more about the daily embodiment of Jesus on your lips our confession should not be false you can't be incarcerated on a false confession if your confession is not false if your confession is well God you called that Alan Bailey to the ministry and you put him a pastor over that church but he was a drug addict not guilty but y'all pastor your testimony is you were a drug addict no 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 that guy was a drug addict I'm free. I'm I'm free. And whatever it is you dealt with, whatever it is you struggle with, whatever it is that beats your mind up, you have to understand that is you being put into a situation where you're being interrogated and forced to believe something about yourself that God does not see. What God sees about you is the end result and what he's called you to. And I know people find a hard time with this, but God sees you at your best the way he created you to be. You may never get there, but in God's brain, that's where he wants you. And he's going to give you every tool. Well, he ain't gave me nothing. You hear? It's called a Bible. (laughs) Pentecost, listen, that's word of faith, people. And us Pentecostal people, we're the world's worst. We think if we shout enough, we're good. There's an entire word in there that has nothing to do with shouting that molds us. Y'all, I've been in services. I ain't even going to go into that. I can't can't go into that because we get over into church-mindedness, and I don't want to do that today. We need to focus on what grace and faith really are. They're not two things warring in the church today, which is what people want them to be. They work together through grace by faith. It's grace that has kept you, and it's faith that grows you. And you have to get to that place where it's by grace because he covered me with his blood that the enemy cannot remind you of your past. You know how to be free? Don't nobody owe you nothing, and can't nobody accuse you of nothing. How nice is it? I'll be honest with you. It's so nice to be in a ministry place in my life now to where I walk into a place to minister, and I don't have to put on a show. I'll just be honest with you. I was trained in how to put on the show, and I don't want that. I want to show people Jesus because it's really not about how well we sing or how well we don't sing or how well I preach or or, or how much we stumble over our words or or who's on the stage or whose name's over the sign who who is this, what what denomination it's Jesus it's all about him nothing missing nothing broken you have these situations where we have this bureau and now we have uh, I can't remember what it's called I can't remember what it's called. Oh, my mind just went blank. But it's a project. It is a group of lawyers who are now going around the country and finding cases where people have been in jail 50 and 60 years and through DNA testing are getting them released. Innocence Innocence Project. Now, do you think that people walk out of prison after 60 years and they're free? No. No, they'll sue. They'll sue the government and they should. And they'll get 20 million and they deserve it. They lost their entire life. But what do you think happens? They have no concept. All they know is three hots and a cot. They have no concept of how to live their life. Y'all, the enemy has stolen your spiritual ability to walk in freedom from you by putting you in a prison, by making you a prisoner of your own thoughts about yourself while he laughs. While he sets back and just no, I got him. I got him again. You know where you're weak. You know. You know where you struggle. You, let, let me tell you something. I'm just. Everybody. I, I'm gonna be honest with y'all. Pastor Bailey struggles with his frustration. I'm, I get frustrated so easy. Now. I own that about myself, and I'm working on that about myself. But it used to be to the case that I would be actively throwing a fit on people and screaming at them that I'm not bad. (laughs) When we first came into this building, where's Cameron at? Right there? When we first came into this building, I'll never forget. Y'all, one of my greatest, if I ever had an advocate, if I ever had a friend outside of Jesus, it was Ricky Allred. And I was here. This stage wasn't here. It was just two purple benches. And all we had was that stairwell up there. All the sound was up there. And Ryan was still here at the time. And I had asked Ryan and, and Cameron to do something. And I, they didn't do it. And, and I just, this was just about an hour before service. And I lost it. And in my brain, I wasn't losing it at all. And we were up there. You remember this? I was going off and didn't realize that I was doing that. And, and they were just taking it. I mean, I give them credit. They were just taking it. And I turned around, and I stomped down them stairs, and I come around the corner of the whole sanctuary going. Because they, like, it's right there. <laughs> and all of a sudden, it hit me. Oh, they just heard everything. I, now I didn't say anything wrong, but I said it in a wrong way. And I'll never forget the one time Ricky put me in my office was that day. And he grabbed me by my arm and he walked. And if you ever knew Ricky Allred, about, about, about the time we hit that door to here, he was crying by the time we hit that last road. He had me by my arm and he was just crying. And he took me right in there and he sat me down. And he said, now look, that's not who you are. And I'm like, yeah, but he said, no, no, no. That's not who you are. And all of a sudden I'm looking into this person that I trust Immensely outside of the Lord. And he's sobbing and he's like, there's new people out there. And all they now know about you is what the enemy says, not what God says. And that messed me up. And from that day forward, I've made it my mission to, and I didn't win every battle. But I made it my mission to be better and more Christ-like and better and more Christ-like because I didn't realize how bad that I was riding people. I didn't didn't know. I just, you know, I I, type A personality. I just wanted it done. Let's do, what's wrong with your excellence? You don't understand excellence. And it has nothing to do with excellence when it's a bad attitude. That's really just demanding because my brokenness needed to be filled with others doing what they were supposed to be see I was in my own prison and I didn't even realize it because my entire life I had been broke my entire life I was you know when I left Grand Bay Alabama I was homeless I lived next to a pig pen so all of a sudden here we are blessed with this wonderful place and I just want people to see it the way I see it how dare me think that y'all are supposed to see like I see when you don't have my experience See, your biggest failure and my biggest failure is we expect people to think the way we think. When God just says, I'm going to make it easy on y'all, just think the way I think. See, because when he says, he whom the Son has set free is free indeed, what he's saying is cover yourself in me. Talk like I talk walk like I walk, speak like I speak now Jesus, the only time you ever saw Jesus lose his mind, and he never really lost his mind, but the only time you saw him get really angry was at religious people, broken people he never fussed at and it was that moment that I realized I'm, I'm dealing with broken people and I'm breaking them worse and I had no idea that God had put in my hands broken things to through his word watch heal up And I was turning it into powder by stomping on it more. Now, freedom means that if anybody ever does anything good for you ever again, it doesn't matter. Freedom means that nobody owes you. Now, this is my last point. Multi-closure personality, I'm trying. I've done told y'all a couple times today, y'all know my background. I'm, I'm, I'm a faith guy. But we made the mistake in the word of faith. I, so I'm saying we like me and you. <laughs> As the word of faith, we made a mistake, and here was the mistake. We started trying to get the gospel to serve us instead of being the gospel to serve others. And when serving others, all the things we believe for start coming in because those are ministry tools. But the truth is, is we tried to use the Bible for our gain instead of the kingdom's. Because here's what you've got to understand. The kingdom is to grow the church. The church doesn't grow the kingdom. Because the kingdom is the kingdom. But we are the church. We have to grow. And God has given you everything. Through His Son Jesus, you have nothing but access to everything He's promised. Now we just have to learn how to get there. And for everybody, those steps are different. But at some point, the thing that keeps breaking you, the thing that keeps hurting you, with me, it was my frustration. And, and everybody, I don't want you to have that moment where you walk down and 70 people are staring at you because you just yelled at your kids. And I mean, it was bad. It wasn't it. It was. It was horrible. I mean, I was like a gorilla on them. Like they took my banana. I was on them. And I had no idea how bad it was until everybody's like, and and let me just tell y'all a little little, shut up juice. Then 20 minutes later, I got to come out and preach to all of them. And they got to sit there and listen to me. There's nothing better in my marriage than this. When she's mad at me or something, I know that's almost impossible. <laughs> but if we're, because look, if you've been married more than a week, you have bad days. And if we're having a bad day or a bad week or something, she, she'll get in the car, much like she's sitting now. <laughs> and she'll say these words, that is it's so great. And she goes, let me just tell you something. I'm mad at you. You did an amazing job today. Just shut up about it. Now, I won't even say anything. She just let me know, I appreciate the ministry in you, but that person I dealt with before then, we need to fix him. But we can talk to each other that way now. When before, I needed her to tell me I did a good job. You see what I'm saying? I don't, I'm, I'm grateful for that, but, but I'm whole in that. I, I know as long as I'm preaching what he said, I'm okay. And I got away from that. I started trying to build this church like other churches. And I realized we ain't like other people. We got to do it the way God says for this place. Now, I'm going to say this and then then I'm going to wrap it up. We try to get the gospel to serve us because we have a great need inside of us for something to be filled. And let me just tell you something. There is no relationship. There is no amount of children. Trust me, I got 10. There is no amount of money. There is nothing that can fill the void inside of you but Jesus. And I do mean nothing. Now, when I got saved, people say all the time because those that know my story, well, Pastor, you know, you got saved that night and and got completely delivered, and and you haven't done drugs since, and you haven't, and I haven't, And, and that's great. But I still had that broken heart. I still had something missing because I lost my father so young. It was always my excuse. I couldn't enjoy Christmas because I lost my daddy at Christmas Yeah, you know, I couldn't enjoy the beach because it was the last place I remember being with my dad. I had all these crutches. But if you're free, all those have to disappear. Now look, don't try to get rid of my all at once. You can't handle it. But layer by layer, you have to let this thing come off. Stand on your feet with me. Just bow your heads right where you are. <clears throat> Father, I pray over every person in this room. I've done my best, Lord, to come out here and just stray away from my normal notes and the normal way of doing things and just tell the people what you told me to say. I think that's more important. So, Lord, I pray for judgment day honesty in this room. I I pray that people understand who you are. I pray that people see the value of your word. They see the value of your worship. That it's not just about church. But, Lord, I pray we don't get so caught up in the trappings of church that we miss you.